Welcome to the Ether. Today is Monday, July 18th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Eclipse Pad is coming to Juno Network. Let's take a listen. Hey, welcome, Superterra. Uh, just inviting a couple of people up to speak and uh, waiting for a couple more people to jump on. Uh, I think we're still waiting on Jake as well. Hello, hello. Can everyone hear me all right? Loud and clear. Fantastic. Sorry I'm late. You're fine. You're fine. I think we're just waiting on Jake. Yes. And we can potentially get started. There's a few people jumping in now. So great. Well, I'll, uh, I'll give him a ping. I'm sure. He'll be on momentarily. Good to see some faces in here. Absolutely. Many familiar ones. Amy, AD5 geek, Hey, neon, Steven. Hi, Moz. Hey, Julius. Welding the lovely Terra spaces. Wonderful to have y'all in here and everyone else apologize if i didn't specifically say your name but i do see you the juno community showing up in force the juno and cosmos community uh we've got kevin and he's uh, and he's awesome late night uh late night jazz voice podcaster <laughs> i like it <laughs> you know i don't think i've ever heard that before but i will uh i will take it as a compliment how did you like the meme the juno meme you know i i gotta say i have long wondered when it would first uh break out into the mainstream no one said it and uh you were the first and as a movie buff i really really loved that very much now we need an army of meme creators just just, just making juno memes it's absolutely critical to the survival of any blockchain i agree hey max we've got a max in here and uh i just got a message from jake so i imagine He's probably not far behind. Let me just follow up. Uh, okay, we uh, we may not have a Jake. I think he's handling uh, one of an, an urgent matter as as Jake does. So um, if he can join, he will. But uh, in any case, I think uh, I think we're good. That's all good. That's all good. Um, just just to highlight, this space isn't going to be too structured. I think. Um, I think you know myself and you, Kevin, can can. I go back and forth and, and we'll invite some speakers up as well. So um, the idea is to kind of have a bit more of an open forum um, and questions uh, and, you know, try and answer as many questions as possible and, and talk a little bit about learn launch pads on Cosmos and Juno and, uh, and the future and vision of Eclipse pad. Um, certain detail, there may be certain details that aren't, you know, 100% set in stone, uh, but I'll do my best to, you know, answer uh, every, any, any question that comes forth. So. Fantastic. So uh, can I, can I start with a question? Absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, could you just tell anyone who may not know kind of the history of uh, Eclipse and sort of the goal in terms of bringing investment into the ecosystem and doing that in a way that um, is obviously intelligent and uh, good for all of the users and accrues value over time and, and uh you know, I know we've discussed this as well, but, you know, protecting investors and uh, but at the same time, making investment accessible to normal users. Like what is the uh, what is the overarching goal? Well, I feel like there's you know about 15 questions in there, but I'll uh, break it down and, and, and try to build it uh, from the start. I know we've talked about this a fair bit, so uh, it's it, it, it'll make sense to kind of um, start from the beginning, actually, which is. Um, the beginnings started on Terra, interesting enough. So um, Terra started uh, as a lunar launcher on Terra, and uh, the aim was to build uh, a multi-chain and decentralized uh, IDO launchpad um, to really serve the Terra community uh, where there was a hole in the market. Um, there was a couple other launchpads on there. There was, you know, Star Terra that was um, building on, on, on Terra, and that was really not... Um, 
looking after its community and not doing the best by its community. There was a, there was a lot of uh, things they did that were you know seen as as maybe not um, not savoury and 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 not good for the community and and seen to be you know kind of serving whales. And uh, so there, were, there was a gap in the market there, uh, and uh, the, you know there was huge growth uh, in, in the terra you know in the terra market, and and there was also you know a, a partnership with Loop and Loop Ventures. Um, who uh, was bringing a lot of Web two to Web three uh, platforms? So a lot of um really powerful incubating a lot of uh, really large and, and powerful um, platforms that would come from Web two and they were building Web three. So you know uh, big you know uh, production companies and uh, SaaS management and um, you know uh, hybrid like an NFT minting studio and. Yeah, a whole bunch, whole bunch of these platforms, right? And so we needed like a, there needed to be a, a good place to kind of launch them and um, that, that would do the best by the Terra community. So, uh, you know, uh, Lunar Launcher was, you know, founded and it was, you know, in development and never really got the chance to see the light of day on Terra. Um, obviously, you know, we know how that went. Um, <laughs> so in terms of that happening, um, yeah, yeah. So we we like the tech was there. Like the tech had actually been built over you know about seven or eight months, and uh, you know ready to go, ready to launch, um, and it w- was was going into launching phases, and then you know obviously it happened, and then uh, you know we kind of got into the 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 June. We kind of got into the the great migration, as as you like, um, where we talked about. Um, you know where where are we going to move the launch pad? Where's it going to go? And um, obviously. Uh, you know, there's discussions with with yourself, Kevin, and the Juno community, and and um, it just made sense to kind of do, make the move over with Loop and, and a lot of other protocols over to um, Juno. Fantastic, and just to define it, um, you know, for for anyone who may not know, an IDO is just stands for initial Dex offering, right? So that would be the first time, for example, a protocol launches and they list their token on a decentralized exchange. So. Um, you know, that could be kind of considered to be the equivalent, you know, in the decentralized crypto space of something like an IPO where, you know, a company goes public, something like that. So it's a chance for early users to take a stake, usually at a discounted rate in uh, in a protocol and have some some ownership in that. Did I get yeah. that right? Yeah, it's funny enough, uh, like the, the word uh, decentralized DEX offering is sometimes used. Um, but also um, initial decentralized offering as well as often thrown around. Um, it just cha- it just depends on the acronym. Uh, in this case, sometimes it's not not directly like a DEX offering, um, but typically there's a partnership with a DEX or with multiple DEXs in terms of listing the liquidity or sometimes IDO pads have their own DEX. Uh, for this one, we'll have a partnership with uh, the Loop DEX, obviously. So just just good to have a place where you can... Um, you know, launch and um, launch pools and stuff like that directly um, where you launch, a, you know, you, you launch a, a product and then you can launch a pool uh, directly at the same time. So that, that's always pretty, pretty nice to have. And these are, these are, these launch pads, even though, you know, some of them in the past um, haven't been done the best and, you know, some, some are really great. Some aren't so great. These are like really, really um, integral to ecosystems in general. Right. Um, and it's, it's, the launching is not just about, you know, actual the launch of the token, but a lot of it's about, you know, the marketing as well that comes with that, like the exposure um, that the platforms get from the actual launch. It's a similar kind of concept to uh, the purpose behind airdrops in the cosmos, right? Like the idea is to gain exposure and to um, tap into an existing community of people that are excited about your project and they get, you know, gets attention. Um, so there's a couple of things that definitely go into it. Makes total sense. And what is the uh, what is the Eclipse approach to this? So what what was sort of obviously there was a hole in the market, and and I do know this backstory on um, this other let, let's call it less than savory platform, which probably was sometimes in and of itself enough inspiration to bring a good product to market. But um, what is sort of the the goal in terms of projects and types of projects to launch with Eclipse? What are what is sort of the the market? Uh, overall market you guys are targeting yeah so um really really i, I got really really excited um with the opportunity for cosmos I, I absolutely love the cosmos i've loved the cosmos for you know a fair while now and 
like it's really it's really amazing that you know the the opportunity in the market for cosmos that there is i think you know i made a list i think of sending around it's like over 60 protocols launching in the next um even in the next uh you know couple of months couple of weeks couple of months like there's a list of 60 plus projects building right and there isn't a single active ido launchpad that services the cosmos and part of this is due to like how fast the ecosystem's grown it hasn't really caught up on that side um but also like it's just being done differently up to now and i'll touch on to that i'll touch on that a little bit and you know airdrops and stuff like that as well um but eclipse really um re eclipse really wants to be you know the launch pad and, and will be the launch pad and focus on launching mainly tier like a tier projects like kind of larger projects uh, and quality projects for the cosmos um i do you know have been looking at um solutions as well to make it open so that there is uh you know potentially a secondary platform um, for some of the smaller projects to launch as well and to raise funds. But the idea is that um, for, you know, projects to really um, build their visions and scale and grow and do all this sort of stuff, they do need funding, right? And there hasn't been that huge focus in the cosmos so much um, on raising funds, but it is really important. It's an important thing to do in terms of like, you know, not just building your your product, you know, for a period of time, you know, a lot of, you know, protocols will pay, you know, developers in tokens and stuff like that. And, and that might be good, but, um, there is an importance to having, you know, cash flow and runway and and money to be able to build, to expand marketing, to gain new users, to do all this sort of stuff. So um, it's it's really about helping projects in the cosmos gain funding, but it also at the same time will bring in a lot of users from outside of the cosmos and a lot of projects from outside of the cosmos. So it's almost like this this giant marketing tool with the idea to you know obviously help projects of the cosmos and to gain attention within the cosmos, but also um, bring in users from retail and outside launch pads and outside of um, cosmos as well. I'm not sure, did that answer your question? Yeah, totally, absolutely. And uh, I actually, Jake did message me in the middle of uh, what he's doing and he, he wanted to touch on one point, which I think is great, which is kind of the broader importance of all this, which is bringing investment into the ecosystem, like as a whole. Um, which it's very interesting because I, I feel like there are two worlds that exist and, and I'm, I'm speaking specifically to Juno here, but because Juno launched as a chain without any VC backing and any investments in the, in the first case, it was airdropped to the community on the whole. I think that sometimes uh, it can be true that people feel that VC in general is a bad, terrible thing. And it's not necessarily. Um, and in fact, investment is really what you use to grow an ecosystem on the whole, right? Like we need more capital to flow in. Otherwise, it's just existing cosmonauts who are bringing in value. And that's great too. But if you want to see things grow exponentially fast, venture capital is a good thing. Now, when you're first starting out a blockchain, um, you know, Juno actually benefited very greatly from not having that because it provides a lot of freedom as a developer and there's no you know restrictions based around uh, VC investments and things like that because it is heavily regulated but for protocols and apps which are launching on the chain venture capital is actually an amazing thing it's one of the ways that you can get stuff built very very quickly and it's something that's been lacking in the cosmos on the whole like the business development side of things is very scarce across every single chain. Like there is no exception. There's there's not a ton of attention that's been put on that because the ecosystem itself has been growing. It's now at a maturity level where we're ready to start bringing in tons of protocols and applications and build out with developer teams to actually take advantage of this amazing technology. But in order to do that, you've got to have capital. So I think 100%. that addressing that is really important and doing it in a responsible way is a big deal. Sure. Uh, let me just touch on that real quick. Um, like, a, like a great mind model for this. Uh, and it's funny, I, I am going to like shake the can of worms, even in the ecosystem around VC, but not in a bad way, right? Um, think of it like if you've got, uh, let's just say you've got a million dollars, right? And you're splitting that million dollars between three projects, right? You've literally, you have a, you have a million dollars, you're splitting it between three projects, right? But then you've got another 10 projects that come in and 10 projects build. So suddenly you're splitting that million dollars between 13 projects, right? And then you bring on another 10 projects and suddenly you're splitting that million dollars between 23 projects. You've got the same amount of money in the ecosystem, but you've got a lot more platforms. So that money gets you know diluted out. And if you don't bring in more money to the ecosystem and more users, then that 
you know, obviously get split between more user, more people. So we're kind of meeting this point in Cosmos where we're getting more DAP chains and we're getting more, we're getting more, um, you know, we're getting more um, DAPs, we're getting more cool stuff and we are getting more users, but we're not getting more users at the rate in which we're getting more DAPs, which is great. You know, we, we focus on building and do all this sort of stuff, but we do need money and we do need funding in the ecosystem. And, and it's the same thing in terms of like, um, you need to start, we need to start bringing in outside investment. And obviously um, there's ways to do this, like obviously more responsibly. And I know that we've talked about this more, Kevin, but um, like VCs themselves aren't inherently bad. They, you know, they, they serve a purpose and they don't just bring in funding, but they do also bring in a lot of knowledge and experience and exposure as well. Right. Um, and I think that is important um, for the ecosystem. And, and it's the same thing with like, I've, I've had some discussions uh, with people and they're like, why do we need, you know, VC funding when we can pay people from the community pool. And I'm like, yeah, but if you pay people from the community pool, you're paying them in tokens, right? Which is great. But those tokens, right? These people still need to, um, you know, put food on the table. They still need to pay rent. They still need to do all this stuff, right? So there's a chance they're going to be selling those tokens um, to pay for that. And when they sell those tokens, well, you need the capital from the investors and the users to um, buy those tokens. Otherwise the price goes down, right? So paying in tokens is, you know, it's, it's a great bootstrapping method, but in terms of like long-term sustainability, you need actual capital and cash coming in to not just like, you know, support the tokens, but also like, you know, help to fund projects and have runways so these projects aren't stressed about building and having to pay people in token. So I think that's like a really kind of good way to frame it in terms of like funding is, is so required in terms of like, if we want to grow and we want to build out, it's great if you've got developers that are focusing on cool code and stuff that's super important but there's so many other sides to building chains and protocols that require um, funding absolutely agree yeah it's it is a almost a chicken and egg issue where you know we want to build out these amazing things we want token prices to go up but in order to do that money has to flow into the ecosystem and one of the quickest ways to do that is through investment right so um other blockchains out there have huge departments dedicated only to this. Like that is all they do, um, sometimes to their own detriment, right? On the flip side of that, in the cosmos, we've seen almost no activity on that, which is its own issue, right? And we've seen great growth in spite of that, which I think is actually a really good sign. But if we want to ramp things up to a point where, you know, going into the next bull market, things really soar, which I think is everybody's goal. We need to take a conscious effort to bring in outside capital into the system throughout the bear market, which is when a lot of really smart venture capital decisions are made, right? Tends to be the case that people invest much more carefully and build much more carefully in a bear market than one would in a bull market. In a bull market, it's kind of like you throw a dart at the wall and it's going to take off. Um, but in a bear market, you've got to be really conscientious about the projects that you take on. And there's got to be some kind of vetting process for that for the community. But it's also very important that the community can take part in that, which is kind of one of the things I'm probably most stoked about is seeing the fact that people will be able to participate in this. They'll be able to take part in that due diligence and help create projects that when we go into this bull market are going to really take off. Yeah, for sure. Um, firstly, when you touched on risk, uh, that's a good one to touch on too. And, and I'll dig into the due diligence part as well. Is like in a bear market, especially, right? Like VCs, like, you know, people, you know, talk about, you know, VCs get in cheaper, they get in earlier. Yeah, but it's also understanding, right, the risk that's taken on in terms of early investments, right? Like, sure that they get in, you know, VCs can typically get in at seed, private, lower, lower, like kind of rates. Um, but the two things they typically, you know, got, cliffs and they've typically got long vests like they can be vested over three years right like so they take on a long uh, a long-term outlook to go hey we're, we're going to like you know lock our tokens and, and get them distributed gradually over three years but also they take on a lot of especially if you're coming in at early rounds you're taking on a lot of risks um that this protocol may not succeed right like you talk about like um investing at ido level um that's you know there's, there's still risks involved in that, right? Because the project may not go anywhere. But if you're investing kind of at earlier rounds, there's even more risk. You've got to really like put money in. And a lot of these don't work out, right? Like it's almost like, a, you know, invest in a whole bunch of platforms and, you know, half of them aren't really going to go anywhere or, or go up, right? So they, they do take on that risk. And especially in a bear market, 
it's the ability to kind of have this long-term vision of some of these, you know, guys and good VCs especially will have long-term visions where they're like, look, we have a 10 year outlook on this. We're not, we're not getting in to get out straight away. Like the good VCs will be like, Hey, our, our investment is like 10 year focus and we won't invest if we don't see this being somewhere in 10 years. Right. So that's important. From the jujilance standpoint, it's good that you brought that up because that's a really, really, really important part of launch pads. And it's something where I think it's almost like one of the one of the key places that people go wrong in, in launch pads can go wrong is um, there's a few pieces to it. There's, there's you know, uh, there's launching too many uh, low quality projects, which can typically come from not having enough uh, business development and not having enough um, like deal flow. So you know, some sometimes launch pads. Um, don't have they've got too much competition in the ecosystem or they don't have strong enough outreach and they uh, basically start launching kind of pretty average projects because they want the money in and it's something that kind of uh, Clipspad won't won't have issues with um, having like a really strong uh, business development team and contacts and and really strong relationships with uh, platforms and incubators so getting good projects in is going to be a, a, a great thing um, secondly, two two pieces that Eclipse Pad is putting in place to make sure that we don't get rug pulls and that we don't get projects that aren't um, you know great through the doors. And you know sometimes that is unavoidable. Like sometimes you, you will still get projects that I wouldn't say rug pulls, but you may get projects that you know don't go anywhere. And that's part of IDOing. Uh, but the idea is to actually uh, on Eclipse Pad to get the best projects in so that doesn't happen. So um, we've talked about this a little bit um, with yourself, Kevin. Is um, is to build. Um, kind of two two barriers right one first one is um to build a, a dow council multi-sig so the dow council multi-sig will be a, a council of uh, split between the team and you know some uh, respected community members that have you know a lot of experience in um, investments and um you know looking at projects and building and stuff like that um there's still discussions on like who those people will be and, and, and all this sort of stuff but the idea for this uh, multi-sig is to kind of be the first line of project vetting uh and that will look at you know, a whole range of things from like who the teams are, like their experience, um, look at, you know, roadmap and the clear mile, you know, making sure projects, milestones, tokenomics, um, you know, making sure that there's like strong revenue-based models in in a lot of these projects. I'm not talking, I'm talking about like looking deep into tokenomics and making sure like where's the revenue going to come from, right? Is this, is this token going to accrue value and is it going to be sustainable in terms of the emission schedule? Um, or is it just going to print tokens for no reason, like a, like some some of the platforms like actually that we've seen, right? Like making sure there's really strong long-term uh, value for this so that it, it's a, a strong business model. Um, it's sustainable. They've got a unique selling proposition and it's good market opportunity. And, you know, just having a, a that they've got, the team's got like a decent strategy around um, how they're going to grow this and how they're going to go to market. So I think it's a pretty strong vetting process to make sure that we, you know, get the good strong projects in. Um, and as part of this is also, um, focusing on building a uh, Cosmos uh, uh, Cosmos uh, accelerator as well, which will uh, give the opportunity for projects to come through the accelerator and uh, basically get uh, a lot of uh, high level advice and and help with um, a lot of these pieces like you know tweaking their revenue model and sustainability and go to market and marketing and making sure that they're set up for success when they launch. Uh, so it's that the second one is is we will bring on uh, community governance as well, um, like as a DAO. Uh, working out still the best way to do that and to make that happen. But the idea is to kind of the the Dow Council will be the first kind of line of line of fire, and then having the the community governance afterwards to make sure that we are. Because um, if you just have governing uh, community governance by itself, um, sometimes there isn't the full vetting that needs to happen, and we you know we've seen this happen in other areas where um, potentially some you know rug pulls and stuff are, are listed. So we want to make sure that we've got kind of like some really good uh, mechanisms in place. Uh, to to um, vet these projects and make sure that we've got the best projects launching on. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it's great having two lines of defense to make sure that you know there's something vetted by people who've been quite close to the world of investing, and I, I think that's really important because a lot of people don't necessarily have the time to thoroughly, thoroughly vet a project. Um, nor is it really fair to expect that of you know an entire community, but <clears throat> providing you know, a, a first process to filter things out and, you know, tying that in with a governance process as well for the community is, I think, a really cool uh, application of this. Makes a lot of sense. 
I don't think the governance will be straight away, like for the like the DAO will, but the, the governance, community governance may not be straight away until we've built up the community to a certain size. Um, that's just due to making sure that we have good um, voter participation and that we don't um, bottleneck kind of the initial process. So if we're not getting the voting process to pass, for example, proposals and stuff in the early stages, rather hold that part off just a little bit to make sure that we've built up the community and it's healthy. Um, but we'll still obviously have the Dow Council in place to um, to get those projects through and to make sure they're thoroughly vetted. Fantastic. Makes sense. And uh, I guess the other question that probably a bunch of people are wondering is like roadmap. Where are you guys at in terms of launching the launcher? Yeah, so the tech's actually built, right? So um, I'm go- I'm actually in the process of I've been writing Gitbook uh, slash white paper for a fair while. Um, which which covers really like the technicals and the nitty gritties of how Eclipsepad is going to launch and how we're focused on you know building a more sustainable model. Um, the tech's built; it's doing a it's undergoing a reskin, um, which is really exciting. Uh, so that's that's not far off from deployment. In terms of launch, it's really depending on a couple of things. Um, we, we really don't want to rush the launch of Eclipsepad, uh, and and in saying that, like it will be soon, and it's important for it to come to the ecosystem soon. But I want to make sure that, um, like the combination of having a really healthy, strong community um, for Eclipsepad, and also, um, you know, obviously market conditions as well are, are kind of taken into consideration when it comes down to launch. Um, you know, luckily, you know, brought on some really, really, really experienced advisors in the Launchpad space. Uh, we've got a couple guys that are, that are veterans. One of the guys was built one of the first Launchpads in crypto, and is super, super. Um, he's worked and and advised across many major Launchpads. Uh, and, and been listening to kind of their advice around uh, launches quite a bit as well, and making sure that we launch at the right amounts and that we launch in the right at the right time to make sure that projects um, get success and that we don't try and kind of overblow it in a bad market and the projects don't don't get the funding they require and that's not great. Um, that's not great for the for for the pad or it's not great for the ecosystem in general. So timing that as well and being you know careful about the launches, um, but also like. You know the, the text built, uh, so really focused on community building and marketing, uh, putting together the teams for for marketing and um, and outreach and community development, reaching into um, uh, launch pads from other ecosystems. As far as what I can give you on the roadmap, um, I've got some really cool stuff uh, looking to build into um, to Eclipse. Uh, some stuff I'll keep kind of under wraps, so I've got some alpha to talk about at a later date. Um, but the idea is to have a two stage rollout for Eclipse. Um, so currently, you know, we've built the model for Lunar Launcher. Uh, which will use like a guaranteed allocation and tier system uh, to uh, determine like participation in IDOs. That the reason, um, the, the, just to break down for maybe those that don't know how uh, IDOs typically work, is as you know the community of an IDO gets bigger, there's typically like a way to decide if you get allocation in a project or not. So, um, you know, for example, there's a there's a really revolutionary project launching could be an L1 chain that's launching on the pad and you've got 10,000 people that want to invest in it, but you're only raising a certain amount of capital and you can potentially only have 3,000 investors that, um, you know, they get to invest in that project because there's just not enough spots, right? So um, then there's a like a tier system that typically determines, um, you know, how, you know, how users, which users get picked and how that works and everything like that. And that's typically uh, like a tier system, um, which is based on like investment size and all this sort of stuff. Um, for V1, we'll be launching uh, the the T1 model, which is uh, the one that was set up for Lunar Launcher to make sure that we go to market uh, at the right time. Um, but behind the scenes, and this will be kind of laid out more in the roadmap, working on a uh, on a sustain, more sustainable model around uh, long-term IDO Launchpad, which focuses on rewarding uh, kind of long-term loyalty and social engagement um, over just the amount of money that you've, you've locked in the token in your stake, for example. So the idea is to really go... And, and look at the long term and focus on um, you know long term users that have a long term view of, of uh, launches and the protocol and rewarding them more as well as those that engage socially as well. So yeah, there's a lot there. I know. No, that's great. That's great. Um, and I also want to invite anyone who has questions as well to certainly uh, ask to speak. We can totally bring you up. Um, no, I'll make you a co-host. I'll make you a co-host. Oh yay. I mean, I can add people up as well, but uh, you, you, you are you are a host, and I haven't added you as co-host. How rude of me! <laughs> no, it's totally fine. Um, <laughs> I suddenly feel so powerful. Um, yeah. Wonderful. Well, yes. If anybody would like to come up and ask questions, uh, you're more than welcome. Um, now, I'm curious because you uh, have 
I know because I've literally watched you do it in Austin, um, but you've been speaking with quite a bit of investors um, just in, in crypto in general. Um, what are your thoughts right now just from speaking to investors in, in terms of like where the general investment space is at? Like what are investors looking for when they look for a project? Like maybe there's people in here right now who are considering bringing a project forward that they would love to attract investors to. What what do what, in your experience, what are investors looking for in this market right now? That's a very interesting question, actually. Um, they, to be honest, they are still deploying capital. So uh, I'm talking to, uh, I've been talking to a fair few VCs, especially Cosmos-focused VCs. Um, I know you, likely that you've chatted to some of the similar ones, but some like really good ones had some conversations with that have like a long-term view of Cosmos. They're really bullish on Cosmos and they're still deploying quite a, like, a significant amount of capital into the ecosystem are looking to, right? Um, like there's a couple pieces around this, right? Like, uh, and uh, there, there's some that, um, how to explain it. So um, I would say, uh, first of all, like obviously they're looking for, uh, like that you thought out the project from a long-term perspective um, in terms of like, they're looking for, uh, you know, are you have you built a revenue model that's sustainable in terms of like um, bringing in, like funding your project over the long-term, but also like, uh, accruing value and sustainable value for your token, uh, making sure that that's well thought out as well. Uh, it's really, really important. Um, team and advisors uh, is really key. So making sure that you've got the right backing behind you, uh, not just from a, not just from like a development perspective, but from like a, like a marketing advisor perspective uh, is really, really key as well, because like it takes so many different parts to 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 obviously build a, a DAP and an ecosystem. It's not just it's not just developers. Developers are a big part of it, um, but having you know the right you know uh, advisors and and you know marketing marketing teams and um, stuff behind it. Uh, go to market strategies. Super important as well. What is your plan to kind of grow your your DAP and your your ecosystem? Um, part of certain you know past a certain point, right? Like airdrops are great, and I'll talk on this soon uh, around that, but. Like really, what is your strategy to expand your user base? Like within Cosmos and outside of Cosmos, like what, what, what how are you looking to be different from, how are you looking to be different from your competition? Uh, like uh, they, they're just kind of on the hunt for really, really good uh, protocols that are doing something different. Actually, one that's probably a good example, um, I was talking to BVC and he was saying, look, we're looking for like really good dApps in Cosmos that are building and, and then and basically said so far, like the, the main one that they were looking at was Osmosis and said, look, there's nothing like osmosis just yet but we're looking for like really really good um depth that innovative and we're not just looking for guys that are copycatting stuff from um eth that was an interesting one they said um we're you know obviously there's going to be some that are going to come over and some kind of protocols that come over from eth and similar but they're looking for guys that are doing um something truly re revolutionary um and, and something different so yeah i don't know if that answers your question completely uh it is hard because they do uh they, they do look for a couple of things, but they, they do have their eyes open um, for, for good opportunities and, and, and really strong builders. But keeping in mind that there's more to just, there's, there's more to the DAP than just builders, right? You can build a lot of cool stuff, but it's good to kind of have the right teams as well behind that. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. And I think ultimately it's, it's like not maybe as complex as people think, like investors are looking for, you know, people that have a clear picture of what they want to build, that that thing which they wish to build can eventually be profitable and accrue value over a long period of time, like any company. Big time. And and it's not, you're not always by yourself, like, and, and this is about like shilling any, anyone or anything, but like you, you can get access to incubators. So like um, Luke Ventures, for example, is a great one, like great projects come through and they don't always have all the pieces together when they come in, right? Like, the idea is to kind of take something from like an ideation stage to, to, to you know, bring in helping with the legals and helping with the pitch deck and getting investors and all this sort of stuff. And it's going to be the same bit with, you know, the Cosmos Accelerator, which is, that's going to be for more like advanced kind of like platforms that are already built and everything like that. But like helping with like setting up marketing strategy and structure and what do you need to do to like, um, you know, raise capital and, and all this sort of stuff is really kind of an important part of this process. Um, as well to think about, but it's you're not always by yourself with this. Like there is help and there's advice, there's advisors, there's um, incubators, there's good stuff out there to kind of help um, platforms kind of navigate that landscape, uh, and that that's a really important thing as well. Fantastic. Well, I guess one of probably my last questions, at least that I have, is um, 
you know, in terms of community involvement and uh, sort of building things up within the community, uh, what are you guys needing in terms of help to uh, sort of figure all this out as you're building things out and figuring out where you need to launch? How can the community get involved? Yeah, this is awesome. Good, good question. Um, like a lot of it's exposure um, in early stages, but also like from from you guys, especially yourself and, and Jake, Kevin, it's going to be like really setting up the DAO structures the right way, like setting up the council the right way and setting up uh, the tech from that perspective, uh, which, which is great. Uh, the other piece is, is uh, you know, like the deal flow and projects coming on, making sure that we, you know, have good projects coming in. Um, I've been getting, re- you know, I've had a lot of projects reach out to me, which is awesome. Um, and just kind of looking at like all these projects and going, you know, what, what is going to kind of line up with, with make sense for launch dates, um, make sense for in terms of the kind of um, platforms that we want to launch first, like getting some good, really strong uh, platforms in the door early. But then just spreading the word, like really the next couple of months, uh, I'll be working a lot behind the scenes on, on getting the, you know, the, the reskin done and, and, um, and all that stuff and, and getting deals in and, and projects and bringing kind of creating a bit of a launch track of VCs as well. Um, but really like the community is going to be the most important and something I'm going to focus on like a massive amount, which is to have uh, both a marketing arm and to have a, um, a community arm as well, which is to have some really bringing on some really, really good people uh, in terms of guys that know how to engage, create a lot of engagement in the community, create a lot of marketing, um, and really, I want to build out like a like a really strong family around that. And to go, if you know, you, you look at a really good NFT project, and you look at the way that they engage the community and they have activities and they do all sorts of cool stuff, right? I really want to have that effect, which is like a community that's strong, it's thriving, and has just like a Discord that's super active, a Telegram that's super active. Guys that are engaging, they're talking every day. They're there not just for the project, but they're there for the community. And the idea is to build this up and then start bringing people on from other ecosystems as well. So I'm going to put a lot of focus on, you know, marketing is the ability to bring new people in. And then the, the community engagement is the ability to kind of create stickiness and, and, and keep people there and create common, kind of this camaraderie. So just from the community, it's going to be like exposure, engagement, you know, like retweet stuff, ask questions. Um, um, comment, ask questions, you know, that's, that's so important. We want, we want, you know, people asking questions and being curious and, and not being afraid to like speak out and do this sort of stuff. And that helps so much, I think. Um, and it helps in terms of like, uh, you know, ask questions and, you know, talk, talk to us directly to the team directly. And that, that helps um, stop any potential miscommunications as well. Like, you know, if there's something that you, that you see and you don't understand it, or you um, it maybe doesn't make sense, just reach out. Um, ask a question. I'm like always active, uh, and it, it just really helps to go. Hey, okay, maybe this is this is because of this, right? Um, and that really helps to kind of get stuff out of the way. Fantastic. And then I guess a follow up to that is just where can everybody find Eclipse and kind of start that process? Yeah, so we've got a Telegram. Uh, we just uh, moved over from we had a Telegram, a Luna launch Telegram. Uh, we just there, there was a lot of like uh, there wasn't very good filtering in that group, so. We've just moved over to a new Telegram, uh, which is Eclipse Pad. You'll find that in the link in the bio. Uh, <laughs> yeah, talking about the filtering, the old one, yeah, definitely got, um, yeah, got a lot of like interesting characters in there. Uh, so we moved over to a new Telegram and Twitter and Telegram are the two uh, main things at the moment. And once we're ready, we'll set up a Discord too. Um, gonna gonna put the right uh, team members in place who are really good with Discord and and community management and stuff, and just be completely active and. Um, as I said, maybe an intern meme maker and we'll pay them in beer and migoring. That would be an interesting one. Uh, no, but uh, we'll, 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 our, our Telegram and Twitter, the first, first go-tos. Fantastic. Well, that answers all of my questions. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? Um, actually about airdrops, but uh, like in the meantime, I'd, I'd like to ask as well if you have questions. Um, jump up and um, request to speak as well. And um, I can answer some questions on, on, on live, but I want to talk about like um, the synergy of airdrops. And, you know, I, I've, I've had this question before where people say, uh, have told me, have said, you know, why do we need uh, an IDEO launch pad to launch, um, you know, tokens and projects when we've got airdrops in the ecosystem? You know, we love our airdrops. Um, it's the way that everything's kind of always been done. And um, why do we need an IDEO launch pad? Um, I touched on this in the kind of article, uh, the Juno is pregnant article that I put out uh, uh, <laughs> yesterday. Because I've never seen it, um, it was a bit hard to read. But uh, basically, what happens is airdrops, you know, a great bootstrapping mechanism um, for gaining community in the early stages, right? Like 
you, you, you're a project, you're building, um, and you haven't done much marketing and you're wanting to launch and you go, Hey, okay, here's a bunch of free tokens. And we're going to give a bunch of free tokens to this, this community and this group. And they're going to notice us and they're going to look at our project. They're going to be, this is cool. And they're going to promote our project. They're going to become part of our initial community user base. Now, in the early stages of an ecosystem, it is a more efficient method of doing things because there's less projects building. Um, you know, people are likely to notice your projects more. You know, if there's three projects airdropping, it's like, cool, we just got an airdrop. Everybody likes the free airdrops. They get to notice the product, play with it, all this sort of stuff. The issue starts arising when you get when you get a lot of growth and you start getting think about like think about like 60 projects launching um in a in a space of like a month right and think about like the effect and the kind of follow-on effect of airdrops in that um situation and i don't mean that airdrops are bad or they should completely go or anything like that but have a think about this from like a logical standpoint around hey okay the 60 projects launching they're all going to airdrop to the same people right and suddenly you get lost in a sea of airdrops and what ends up happening a lot of the time is people will, a lot of people miss a lot of airdrops, but they'll also potentially, um, you know, some airdrops may be kept, some may be like dumped, some may be, um, and you, you lose that same effect to, to be able to stand out to bootstrap your initial community base, right? So then the next stage is that airdrops start getting more targeted. So you start targeting uh, like a certain section of Juno, you start targeting a certain section of Atom and all this sort of stuff. And that's a great kind of way to do it. But you still run into um, like issues, which is like, hey, and we ran into the terror, ran into this massively. Um, it's sort of like further on. It's like, well, what happens is new projects launching, right? People are going to look at it and they go, okay, well, it's just airdropped. Maybe it's not as good as I like, but I want to stack more Juno. It's a bear market. What am I going to do? Am I going to what? What I'm going to what I'm going to accumulate more? Do I want to accumulate this new project that's launching, or do I want to accumulate Juno, right? So then that airdrop gets sold, and they buy you know Juno. It's cool. They still like learned about the platform. But that doesn't bring that much value to the uh, to the project in its early stages, right? So this is where airdrops are important to reach new users. But we also have to be um, careful to understand that from a like long term sustainability, there needs to be other methods for launching uh, platforms that are kind of based around exposure and bootstrapping this initial community base. Now, I believe that airdrops can be synergistic with this and be used in a really strategic way to reach into into like certain parameters of users to reach out. So I believe as well in airdrops outside of the cosmos, like what EVMOS has done, that was brilliant, right? Like being able to airdrop uh, to to ETH, direct drop to ETH users, even though it hasn't gotten as much traction as potentially it could have um, in that ecosystem, that's incredible because it's like, hey, I've never heard of you guys, but you're just giving me free money. Uh, and then they've got their eyes on, you know, EVMOS. It may go the other way. ETH guys might end up dumping it because if they stick to, you know, ETH the best and, but it's still like a, it's still a good play, right? Um, whereas I see with the IDEO Launchpad being able to kind of like create this marketing and this kind of platform where people can come and notice new and see new projects launching, kind of similar effect. But it, you know, projects actually get um, you know exposure, but they're also able to raise funds, and these funds are, uh, are needed to you know uh, market. They needed to even seed their liquidity pools on launch, right? When when a project launches, it needs about. Like typically, Ontario, I think it was about like, you know, maybe half a million dollars um, of liquidity just to seed their liquidity pool to make sure that their token uh, doesn't go crazy and doesn't, you know, dump to, to nothing or go 100x and then dump, right? You, like that liquidity is important at early stages, right? Um, so there's a whole bunch of factors um, where an IDEO pad can come in to complement that. And um, I've got some cool kind of ideas and mechanisms around how we can kind of uh, create, you know, um, using the NFT marketplace on Loop to um, create like vested IDO, the vested airdrops, which are vested over a period of time, and you get an NFT, and you um, have to. And Loop's doing this, and which are really, really cool for an NFT marketplace. Like, get an, you get an NFT, which is like tokens attached for for like six months or whatever, and you can collect them every month. Maybe you can create some cool like sticky mechanisms of that around engagement, um, but really like kind of revolutionize and think about the model and and try and improve it from that perspective makes total sense yeah it it is an interesting thing like everybody loves uh their airdrops and you know, i'm personally no exception I, you know there's nothing more fun than seeing something just show up in your wallet um but there is a very real thing uh which is you know airdrop apathy which can can happen over time and uh, is maybe compounded by a bear market where um you know you don't always gain the traction that might be desired through an airdrop so it, I think there needs to be alternative mechanisms that are available to 
bring users in and um, you know, like you're saying, there's still always going to be airdrops that make sense. And there are certain projects where that doesn't necessarily drive utility and, and promotion towards a project. And, um, you know, you, you still need to have a means to, to market and to effectively attract users in an organic way, even outside of airdrops. I think that's actually quite important. And the other bit is, is I, like, I'm not a legal expert around this, but I've talked to, to some who, who quite kind of involved in the ecosystem. And I think something that people haven't really thought about too is potentially the legal risk that comes with um, airdrops and understanding kind of the landscape that like airdrops can actually be seen in a particular way um, by the SEC. So that's, that's important to, to understand as well. And it, it, and if anything, this is some of the issues that launch pads do have as well, right? Um, is around, uh, especially certain jurisdictions such as the US, uh, which kind of creates <laughs> kind of <laughs> kind of some issues. So EclipsePad gets around this in the early stages around uh, we've got a KYC and a non-KYC option under a certain amount, um, and that goes through the travel rule. But um, long like the 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 US market typically has uh, a fair few dis- disadvantages when it comes to uh, to even even IDO launch pads in general, right? Um, in other ecosystems and in general, like the, I know for the US, it's a lot harder for you guys. Um, and but it's also yeah, it's the same thing with airdrops. Um, it's understanding that there is a potentially legal um, legal issues with with just giving out free money to to someone that has got an expectation that it has value, but there's no action taken. So um, yeah, I'm not a legal expert around this, but um, there's definitely I know there's definitely some stuff there too. Yes, there is. And particularly in the United States, and maybe it's not the sexiest thing in the world to talk about, but, you know, the legalities around these things can be quite, um, you know, uh, strong, let's say, Um, you know, and maybe it doesn't feel that way in the short term. But once your protocol grows to a certain size, um, you know, you can't really undo the way that you launched your tokenomics, right? So you've got to get it right in the first place. And I think that's where you also have the importance of things like an accelerator or an incubator that can kind of guide that process and make sure that you're doing it correctly because it is a complex area and you are dealing with wacky legalities and like strange precedents and particularly so in the United States, it can be a very sticky area that requires quite a bit of guidance. Gray area on gray area, right? Like even with the legalities in the current place, it's still quite a gray area, right? It's still something that's been actively explored, but you have this like hindsight thing where five years in the track, they can get you for something you did. You're seeing it right now with like, um, you know, talking about like securities laws and ETH and, and XRP and stuff going like, Hey, you launched as a security is like for something that you did like four years ago. Right. Um, so it is important and it's hard and I get, I get the kind of frustrate, like the frustration or like they're not wanting to focus on it from a project perspective because I, like, I'm the same. I'm like, I just want to build, we just want to build and create cool stuff and think about the legals later. Right. But it yeah. is, uh, you, a lawyer will tell you the opposite. They'll say, you know, no, you need to focus on this and you need to get this right from the standpoint. So it's, it's a really important consideration, I think for builders as well to, to think about this stuff. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And uh, excited to see more on on how we navigate those waters with Eclipse. I think it's going to be really, really cool. And I have uh, seen the mock-ups of the website, and I have to say, uh, it's very, very beautiful. So I'm excited for people to see it. Yeah, poor designers. I've, I've got some... Uh... I've got some uh, high expectation when it comes to designers. So they, you know, they they often uh, not cop it, but they often like, you know, are set to a high standard. And I think UI UX in general um, is super important to to bring in those outside, that outside attention in too. So definitely going to be a big focus on that. I think that's going to be a big focus with accelerators as well, right? Like you know, with projects going like really kind of holding to account around the importance of UI UX. Um, like it's you you're talking about users at the end of the day. Like if you're if you're targeting like really advanced DeFi users you may not have that issue as much because some of them may even not even be using front ends like you look at uh, curve convex right like the ui is terrible on curve convex but to be honest majority of people using curve convex probably don't use the interface on curve convex right they're, li- they're likely using bots or like plugged in you know from the back end um so but when you did when you're building a, a pro protocol that's going to be front facing and it's going to be facing uh, you know customers you may bring retail bring in users the ui ux is a super important piece and 
I think that's going to kind of develop in the ecosystem more. And I'm seeing, I'm seeing a couple of really cool UI UX guys pop up. I saw, I saw, saw a guy who posted maybe the other day, um, building, building like um, dashboards and front ends. Like those kind of guys are super like necessary in the ecosystem. Uh, and this is where funding comes in as well. Like that's where funding to kind of pay for this stuff comes in, right? Like, cause if you're a developer building a protocol and it's just you and someone else, um, and you're kind of in a room just coding away and you build something, um, you may be able to kind of survive off tokens and do this sort of stuff. But when you start bringing in designers and you start bringing that sort of stuff, uh, typically, you know, funding is required to, to kind of hire those guys and pay for those guys. So, yeah. Absolutely. And those guys are worth their weight in gold. Um, you know, there's probably not enough UI and UX developers in the cosmos. And I think that that's something that we're going to see a lot more of coming in as, as funding is made available and as there's more investment in the ecosystem coming from outside is the ability to put focus on great UI and UX. And, you know, if we look at even as an example, Osmosis has done a really great job of the user experience and the user interface design. And that's one of the reasons it's done so well. And I know that Sunny is like a major stickler about design, right? So that's been a very, very strong choice for them. And I think it's one of the reasons that they've done so well is because it's easy to use even for beginning users who've just come into the cosmos. So I think protocols are going to quickly find that that is an absolutely crucial element. And those UI and UX designers are going to be in more and more demand. And of course, that requires funding to pay those people to um, create these products that we feel are beautiful. And it's actually one of the, you know, things that I can say about Terra on the whole is largely they had incredible UI and UX. Like everything looked very simple. The process was very simple. And if we're to take away something good from what was admittedly a tragedy, it's that the builders put a lot of focus on that user experience. And that created a lot of that stickiness that you're talking about, right? So if an interface is fun to use, it's easy to use, and it's very, very easy to navigate. That creates that sticky user experience for people. Yeah, well, like same thing, right? Like our, our end goal, right, is to bring in new users. Like Cosmos, Cosmos wants to grow. Like our idea is to be like a great DeFi ecosystem, but we want to bring on users, right? So, um, like in the early stages, it's it's a little bit like the dot com boom, right? Like dot com boom was focused more on tech and all the, like early stages of the internet, but eventually it like you know moved towards like customer focus and really focusing on UI UX and experience and adopting that. So we're going to get this shift in the cosmos where we've built, you know, Cosmos will be building this incredible tech that's super advanced, this super underlying, cool underlying stuff, some super cool dApps building now. Uh, and it's kind of this pivotal moment where the cosmos won't be the same as it was before. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Things are going to change. We're going to get a lot of new users in. Um, the ecosystem's going to grow. It's, it's growing at a rapid pace. Uh, but we need to bring in users and money at the at a pace in which it grows too. And uh, I think like, you know, and this is interesting and you see this in like a lot of companies where, you know, when, when, the, when the, the belt tightens, the first thing that goes is like marketing, right? Like not, not the first thing, but one of the, a lot of companies, they like tighten the belt marketing. And if you're a marketing person, like you work in a marketing department for a company, it's like, it's like, well, like literally marketing is a solution, right? Like you want to bring in more money, then you need to market, right? Like, and that's the first thing that gets like constricted, and it it, it sometimes is, is like makes sense that's the case, right? But um, I think like you know I've seen even in ecosystems um, and in the community a lot of like focus on go, hey, we're going to bring on, we're going to spend all this money, bring on these cool projects, but we don't want to spend as much on marketing, which makes sense. Um, and it's important to obviously have that strong DAP base and to bring in these DAP bases. But uh, like marketing and and proper marketing and and marketing that's done well, I think is in, and exposure is important for the ecosystem in general. And I think as we bring in more funding, we'll have more freedom and flexibility to, to, to be able to do that more, right? Um, funding events, um, hackathons, um, you know, kind of, I, I don't mean like when, when I talk about marketing, I don't mean that we need to go sponsor a stadium. That's not what I'm talking about, right? There's, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of ways to, to, to market that isn't going and buying a, a like a half million dollar stadium that, that it was funny actually, because I was actually, um, I was building a, a loop learn, a learning platform and building loop learn and bring it to Cosmos. But I was, I was actually involved behind the scenes with uh, some of the stuff uh, for the, for the stadium uh, that Terra was involved in the, the, the baseball stadium in the U S <laughs> the, the marketing there was like literally just slapped Terra on everything and then decentralized finance, these decentralized money. And that was like, 
like a big poster that was put up on this stadium. And I was like, no, that, <laughs> that's not how you bring in, like your average day user does not know what decentralized uh, finance, these decentralized money means, right? So it's the ability to kind of reach out and to kind of talk to different ecosystems about where they are at and bring them into the cosmos. Totally. And, you know, Evmos was a great example of that, actually. Like, re they reached across the aisle and invited a total unique user base to utilize a product that was familiar to them, but with a Cosmos flavor. And, like, that is an incredible use of marketing. You know, my parents, when they go to a baseball game and they see decentralized money on a chair and they understand that someone paid, you know, $300 million or whatever it was for that, it doesn't make them open their phones, create a wallet, get involved, and then suddenly become DeFi experts. Like that's just not an effective use of funding for that. <laughs> as, yeah. as much as it would be if it was. The, the, uh, my perspective on, on like marketing is like, there's obviously like guerrilla marketing and, and like getting your narrative and message correct and stuff, but also like small things like, and, and we're getting the shift now. Like what, what if a great mode of market is by having like really easy UX and on-ramping? That itself is a self, focusing on that is a marketing in itself right like you can you can go and reach out to all these other ecosystems as much as you want but if it's too hard for them to come in and for them to buy you know a particular asset or to move their money in then none of that's going to matter because you haven't got the framework set up for users to be able to come in without any friction right uh and this is where some of the guys at cardo come in uh we'll be chatting those guys about integrating uh kind of like easy on ramps for um for IDO. So users can go straight from their bank into, you know, an IDO through um through Cardo or to, you know, buy the token straight through Cardo. And and I know Cardo and some of these on ramps are coming to Juno and to a lot of other ecosystems, but really creating this this really easy experience so that when we do go and reach out into these other ecosystems, it's like, oh, this is easy. And they come in and they see the UI UX is amazing and it creates stickiness. And they're like, it's not just like fast and scalable and have good dApps, but there's good user experience in here. I think I'll stay, right? And that's how we get new users and they talk about it and, and it grows. Uh, and then the VCs have an important part to play around. Um, you know, they do have vested interests. So when a, when a VC invests uh, a bunch of money in a platform, right, they want that platform to succeed. So they have big networks and contacts and stuff and they do create some, um, you know, almost clout and they bring in some, like, obviously they bring in eyeballs as well. So a few of these things are going to kind of work together to kind of grow the cosmos. Uh, and, and that's going to be pretty incredible. And it's going to be amazing to see kind of like, it, like more funds and users kind of flow in and, and using this incredible ecosystem that's already built. Absolutely. I keep uh, muting myself when I mean to unmute myself. I've been terrible about that on this call, um, <laughs> but I couldn't agree more. And um, I'm just very excited to, to see this. I think it's going to be a great opportunity to introduce not only a lot of new protocols to the cosmos, but a lot of new users um, and just overall a lot of like, sustainable growth like i think that's the most important thing is having sustainable growth that actually creates new flows of money into the system is super super important especially at this time yeah 100 percent um so we're kind of getting on to the hour guys so we'll probably wrap up um uh, very soon um i, I just want to like kind of put a shout out last kind of shout out for anyone who's got any kind of questions um to kind of request to speak Keep in mind, uh, we'll be releasing some um, more uh, kind of information uh, like docs and stuff, still working on those. Uh, there's a lot of moving pieces that come into that, like a white paper docs. Um, but also like we're going to be doing, I'm going to be doing a fair few, few spaces as well uh, with different communities and uh, like Orbital Command, like Orbital Command uh, this week and just looking to kind of reach out and collaborate and do lots of spaces with um, different uh, communities and, and people and users uh, and connect in. Um, and yeah, so you, you, you'll see, definitely see a lot more around. Um, but if you do have any questions, uh, just pop up your hand to speak. Um, but otherwise, uh, we'll wrap up uh, the space for today. Fantastic. Okay. And Doesn't look like any questions, but uh, if you've got any like if Kevin or Super Terra, either you've got any like comments or any kind of questions, the last ones. And uh, yeah, I, I appreciate your time. Super so much, Terra Kevin, has as well. been very quiet, I've noticed. 
Uh, yes, uh, for once, uh, and I usually am very vocal, um, I was passive on this space because obviously it's, it's all about the opportunity and, and, and uh, giving uh, Simon and, and, and the Eclipse launch its, its chance to uh, to share. I was hosting a spaces earlier. My voice is first going if anyone was on that one as well. Um, I think it's, I'm blaming it on the UK heat because uh, we never have it normally. Um, but uh, but no, I, I think for me, you, you covered most of the things I would have asked. I think I was certainly really interested in the kind of uh, logic around not being airdrop centric and, and I know Simon you and I spoke about that yesterday so that, that's, that was really uh, really powerful I guess uh, one sort of last teaser one that you may want to want to do or may not um, is about kind of initial projects that are in, in, in a stage of being named I don't know if it's if, if, if that's the case yet or are you still very early stages in terms of you know possible uh, participants in the, in, the, in, the, in the new platform? I've been getting a few messages. There's a few possibilities. Uh, I don't want to name any names just yet. Uh, some of that depends on launch timelines as well. As I know they, they, I've been reached out to some projects that are, that are launching very soon. Uh, so want to make sure that it's kind of aligned and, and don't want to kind of name uh, anything um, straight away, but that will come obviously be released and, um, you know, uh, that will come out when, when that's ready. Um, Idea launchpads are very strong on the marketing of the projects that come through, right? So, you know, you'll see that like uh, as as projects come on to launch on the pad, the, the the marketing shifts to the next project and the upcoming project they're going to launch. You you promote the pad is obviously promoted from a marketing perspective, but the projects launching on the pad are typically more promoted, right? Um, it's kind of how how uh, pads operate and how they work. So you, you'll you'll see a bit more. Uh, and when we got some kind of like. You know, not not a hundred percent lock-ins, but we've got some you know pretty pretty certain ones that will also be like you know talked about and released, and you'll see that come out. Um, the idea is to you know obviously bring on um, you know some some fairly quality project and work with those projects to make sure they're ready for launch and um, you know make sure that like kind of in the right place and that the community on Eclipse is health is strong and healthy and growing, uh, and we're in the right place to to launch even in this market, right? Um, yeah, a lot of pads and other ecosystems have paused launches. Um, the good good pads are still ongoing with launches. Some of the amounts have been reduced, um, and we're seeing this with like even like NFT mints and, and some of the ecosystem, which aren't minting out as much. Um, but I, I still think that if you're really quality and you've got you know good marketing and you've got a good community, then um, you could still keep going with launches. And that's our plan is to, to keep launching through the bear market, but just being more mindful that. And actually, I, I saw a post that like you know some of the biggest ecosystems were launching a bear market, like Solana and all these guys were launching a bear. Um, so we'll keep launching. We just, um, you want to be very strategic about that and make sure that um, it is done the right way and that we're not rushing the process too much either. Thanks. I mean, I think for me, survive the bear and thrive in, in, in the bull. Any projects that launch in this market are, are almost stress tested from the off and therefore should be absolutely robust for uh, the happier times. I think I've seen several uh, NFT projects. And again, I've spoken about these on, on other spaces where perhaps the team expected a, an easy ride, didn't really put the detail, the depth, the utility, the community uh, to it and the shock horror. Um, sold maybe a handful of NFTs, whereas other ones have taken their time. They've thought about their audience, have tested the market, and um, we're, we're seeing, albeit you know, we're not seeing the instant mints that we did see a few months ago, but we are seeing some you know pretty impressive uh, performances across a range of different uh, marketplaces and chains. So uh, yeah, I'm heartened that quality always shines through in a bear, and that's exactly what. Yeah, I'm excited about to see with with the Eclipse launch. I think I think it's going to be really really fascinating to see the projects that come through. Yeah, I mean, if we can thrive in a bear, and then we'll explode in the bull, right? Like, you know, it's just setting up the the stones to success and putting everything in place that projects coming through and and the Cosmos ecosystem can have the best chance to do the best that it possibly can in the market conditions, right? And if we do that right, and we set those like frameworks but then also focus massively on long-term sustainability and not being like the other ecosystems which is like you know some sometimes like very cyclical and short short-term folks but really focus on like revenue and sustainability um you know as we come out of the bear market into the next cycle you know we'll see explosive growth and that's something that's very exciting is is kind of kind of focusing on that and, and a bit and, and more long term and talking about nfts as well uh, this I'll talk about this in a future space, but we'll be integrating uh, the NFTs from the Loop NFT marketplace into the, the the pad to create some really cool utilities. 
crypto uh, using the like NFTs that have uh, particular use cases. I, I will tease that for a later uh, a later discussion, but some cool stuff that can be done with that. So um, it's quite exciting. Cool, excellent. I think I think we'll wrap up. Um, I think um, that's uh, it's been a pretty good session in general. Um, and if anyone has any outside questions, feel free to jump on the Telegram group and on the Twitter and and, and reach out and we'll answer some stuff. I want to thank uh, yourself, Kevin, so much for jumping on and taking your time to um, you know help co-host this space and and kind of add value to to the Juno community. And I want to thank you as well for everything that you do behind the scenes that not everyone maybe sees. Um, you've been very instrumental to um, helping a lot of these terror projects come to Juno and really, you know, being a really strong uh, kind of lead in this community. So I really want to thank you for that. Um, and um, yeah, thanks for coming on and, and hosting this space. And I, I look forward to some really cool stuff that we will keep doing and, um, you know, growing the Juno and Cosmos community. Um, and thank you, Super Terra, as well for jumping on and, and everybody who uh, listened in. Um, I'm not sure what time it is over there. I, I know it's, it's like 7 a.m. here, um, but yeah, it's, it's it's good to kind of have some some um, faces on on the call. Absolutely, the the pleasure is mine, and thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, and Simon, thank you for uh, doing this space and for telling everybody about what's coming. And we're very very excited to see how this unfolds. It's going to be an exciting ride for sure. And make sure you tune in. There'll be further space and more stuff coming. Turn on uh, notifications if you want to stay up to date. Or um, yeah. So thanks for jumping on, guys. I'll talk to you guys and see you guys around. Yeah, cheers. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Thanks. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Eclipse Pad is coming to the Juno Network, recorded on Monday, July 18th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Put your hands up like you got a couple questions Ain't no misdirection, just a bunch of flexing All aggressive, insane from all directions Smoke rolls in when I start a session Plain canvas, blaze up the handlers Rocking back and forth like I got the van stuck Don't grind the clutch, mind your hush Put your mask on and don't touch the antlers Feeling untouchable when I'm on the verse But in the universe, I'm just writing some words Enticing these nerds while I'm laying out my memoirs Like, remember when I had to fight the centaur? I'm a book nerd, let me take you on the journey Lost in the labyrinth, searching out the lost fern For certain, got the taxes included Acting like a writer, never felt secluded Another fixed game of try my love Go lighten up dog. it could always be worse Unless you're in the back of a hearse Then you're dead or putting in new speakers It's a toss up, driver or just tweakers Don't stress yo, I've done the research Living life like a bunch of fucking lemurs It's a remake, off the cutting floor We take a little bit of poison and put it in the cheesecake Tastes great, less filling Less stress, more killing As he blew the cornerstone out the building And the blocks came tumbling down all humble Feels like we're drowning in a little puddle Rebuttal, I should be taking off in the shuttle Getting high in space with the Hubble